How's it going, Lee? How how you feeling? Hello, friend. I'm doing good. How are you? You know, I can't complain. It's um, Sunday, last day for a fun day, as I like to say. Sunday fun day? Sunday fun day. But yeah, I mean, we're um, a handful of days away from the, uh, the, the siege, the insurrection, the coup, the worst day in American history, the whatever other buzzwords people like to use in the medias and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You were just telling me that you feel like you're starting to see some light here. Yeah. Uh, that would be related to as far as uh, the news coverage mm. is concerned and the hyperbole behind uh, some in the media and some in politics, right? Uh, referring to the Capitol building as a temple, as, uh, you know, if you're in church anyway, you're a Christian, like what what that kind of language entails, you know, mentioning that uh, it's been a desecration of a of a sacred place, so to speak. Um, you know, it, I guess like I said that brings a different connotation to things, especially when you go further down the line of what that could um, potentially mean. Something like holiness, and uh, just how this whole thing has been been playing out, you know, and how now we're seeing, I mean, I don't remember exactly when it started, but the whole, the whole, uh, censoring and, uh, temporary, um, suspensions. And then, but eventually that turned into, um, indefinite suspensions, what have you on Twitter, other platforms, but, uh, no, yeah, I think like for me personally, I'm just seeing that the influence, the influence that um, the internet has on us, you know, back in the day growing up, I know the TV was like, it was regarded as, as uh, society's, society's biggest ill, so to speak. And, and how like, you know, me growing up in church, like that was discussed or that was like looked at as like, Hey, you know, you have this box in your home in your living room that's not only distracting you but it's taking away like a lot of your time and it's and it's undermining your home in terms of whatever it is that you've established as a parent and the influence that that uh goes through you know the messages language what have you and how like that's a danger you know that's something that that should be very much guarded or monitored and then now obviously right we see that the the advancement of technology and just how like that that has uh exponentially grown and that is always on us it's all you know our phones are always with us and and uh yeah i'm just seeing the light as far as like you know i i i can live without these platforms these these apps and um, you know, even like with my friends, like like speaking to some of my friends, uh, some of them have you know, mentioned like, yeah, you know, I, I fasted, you know, a month or whatever off of social media and I just feel more 
clear headed and at peace with things. And so it's really making a lot of sense how, like how much influence big tech and uh, the news media, how, how it affects us really. And how, like, as you've mentioned before, right. It's, it's referred to it as a uh, anti-social media. Yeah. Not a whole lot of positivity happening. There's, a lot, there's not a lot of effective communication happening on the internet. So not that it's, it's not possible. It's just that in a sense, we weren't designed to communicate that way. Definitely not. Not that, that we can. It's just that it's not very efficient. And um, I mean, I'm sure I'm, I can't be the only one. You know, I don't want to speak for anybody, but I'm sure we've all had strange, <laughs> strange encounters or strange interactions online with random people that just seem like you're not even talking to a person. You're talking to a um, I don't know how you would put it, but it's almost like a script, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the your your. I know the first time I took down my Twitter, my first Twitter account, I had a pretty intense interaction with some people, and it was like, I'm nobody, and I still felt like that piling up on you know it's like oh you think this way well like everyone's gonna start piling up and I was like what is going on you know it just it didn't it wasn't a good feeling so that was the first time I got rid of it but yeah it's it, you know I've, I've shared with you some one of the interactions that I had with somebody and it was just like there was no there is no reasoning, you know, in terms of like, come let us reason together. And it was just like, no, this is what I think. And I don't know how you don't agree with me. Well, I just think it's a lot easier to be inauthentic when you're, you're shielded behind anonymity. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, there's that's not another a problem, right? You're not interacting with any faces. You're not interacting with somebody that even has a real name that they're disclosing and so it's a there's a lot there's a lot less at stake and that's that's why earlier in the week right we were we were discussing um podcasts and how like we were both mentioning that these different podcasts podcasters or different shows that we listen to how um the guests and and the hosts seem very authentic you know we were commenting about it's pretty hard to fake it for two hours, three hours when, when somebody is having a, a conversation with another individual face to face, or, you know, sometimes obviously like right now, like over zoom, but um, it's really difficult to, to wear that mask when you're interacting with somebody for a good amount of time, you know, there's no, um, there's really no opportunity for, for a sound clip to just emerge and, and for somebody to take off and run with it. I mean, they can, but again, that, that, that reduces the authenticity, the, the genuineness that's behind sharing an opinion, sharing uh, uh, your thoughts, your feelings, what have you. And, and that goes right, that goes right along the lines with, with uh, free speech and how like Jordan Peterson is going to 
and I know others will too, but they're going to tap into that idea that to remain silent when, when you know you ought to speak the truth is living a lie. It's as mm. though you're living a lie when you're not, you're not speaking truth. You're not speaking. I forget. There's a different way of putting that. Have you put that too? Was it like, or maybe it's somebody else that I don't remember offhand, but something in regards to like truth to power. I don't know if that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, no, I mean that that makes total sense. And like, like you and I, you know, going back to social media, you and I were discussing like we're like, how do we, how do we convey these different ideas? How is it that we can, we can share these, you know, these thoughts and have a conversation? And we were both pretty much on the same page as far as like. Yeah, it's it's what we know. It's what we've seen elsewhere. You know, as far as as far as uh, people having a conversation, that's again, it's not a it's not a quick, you know, two minute clip or what have you, where people don't understand the context, they don't understand the 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 environment, the topic, what have you, and and it's just let me just take this quick tidbit of this conversation and then I'm going, I'm going to interpret it or make of it as I will, you know, rather than, than hearing the full story or hearing, hearing everything in context. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like there's, there's a, there's definitely a shift going on and I know that that might worry people um, with the, you know, it's, it's so buzzwordy, but a transition of power between the Trump administration to the Biden administration. But there's definitely uh, a separation that's happening as far as like, you know, the, the sheeps and the goats or the wheat from the chaff that's going on. So I think that's a good starting point for today's conversation. Yeah, there's a lot to to like dive into um yeah i think it's funny because i was thinking about free speech and i and i sent that text just right now and to the group chat and i basically said that um, god is so much for free speech he allows satan to speak to eve in the garden of eden that ultimately led to the fall of man and it's like it's funny because there was, there's always a criticism when it comes to fundamentalist Christians or conservative Christians and, and how much, you know, they wanted to control other people's lives, right? When it comes to like abortion or, you know, how you dress or how you speak or how you act and all, you know, all the different things that essentially is in a, in a way you can say like a Christian life. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so interesting how free speech was started in Berkeley, right? It, well, not started in Berkeley, but it, it really um, grew in, in the University of Berkeley. And that was something that liberals wanted, right? Progressives essentially wanted to use to speak truth to power. That was the whole premise behind free speech. And obviously that was something that is enshrined in the constitution and ultimately the the uh, Bill of Rights. So there's, there's obviously something, there's obviously something very important about that. And now, as you mentioned with like social media, right, there's this been, it's been like two, 
two years, three years, four years in the making of, of just silencing voices and opinions that are, I guess you could say taboo or um, like Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh, he's like a, pro, uh, what is it called? A, a provocateur, well, uh, provocateur, provocateur, right? It's like, you know, you, you Alex know, Jones, Alex Jones. You, you can even say like Michael Malice or, um, you know, you go down the line, you have these people who are saying things that are wild in nature, essentially. And, you know, I mentioned before that I used to listen to Alex Jones and um, even Milo, Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos and whatnot. And especially for me, it was it all, and I've talked about this before, it all really originated with Sam Harris and his interaction with Ben Affleck on um, Bill Maher and just how angry Ben Affleck got about what got, how angry he got about what Sam Harris was saying as it relates to like Islam and, and Muslims. So, you know, it, it's like when an opinion is said that you don't like and you react in that way, I know Eliseo was saying today in Bible study that be slow to speak, quick to listen and slow to anger, I believe is how it said. Mm -hmm. um, and I think about that a lot. And, you know, I struck with that every day at work, really, um, because there's just so many things that are said that are very much in alignment, you could say, with some of the talking points that you hear, right, in terms of interaction and all the other words that I used earlier. And it's just so, it's so sad. And, you know, I, I've never really understood the word gaslighting but it's like, it's just, it's every day. There's just, it's sad to see that how much gaslighting is going on and how much um, trust is being eroded, you know, from institutions. But then, you know, I was mentioning to you the other day that like, it's time to consider other options, you know, get away from Amazon and Walmart and Target and um, all these big chains and, you know, just, Earlier in the year, on I think like January 2nd, my friend told me about, um, it's this meme, it's a dog, it's called Doge or Dodge. Um, mm -hmm. you, know, you, know, you know that one? So, yeah, they created a cryptocurrency based off of that meme. It's like Doge coin or something like that, Dodge, Dodge coin. Mm -hmm. And um, so I bought like 50 bucks worth of that. And Is that the same one I think I know? Which it's like, it's really cheap right now it's super cheap. Like it's yeah. basically less than a dollar. Like it's like, let's see right I think now. It, it's I think point, I saw it was like 27 cents or something. It's 0 0.009955. So oh. it's like less than a penny really. Yeah. Um, but ever since I, I got, I know I, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So ever, ever since I got this, um, so I downloaded the Robinhood app and then, um, I saw there's another uh, website called Coinbase, which is strictly crypto. Mm -hmm. And so I really started to think about this idea of like decentralization. That was the whole premise behind Bitcoin and all the other like coins and Ethereum, and, um, you know, all the other cryptos that are in the other app that, you know, there's tons of them now at this point. And this idea of decentralization, and that's why like the other day I text on the group chat that, the city and Tower of Babel, accumulation of people, power, and unrighteousness. God spread out humanity across the world to separate that power and the unrighteous, unrighteousness of the people. So then right now, before we even got 
on to record, I think that I thought about like decentralization, right? God literally showed us what we need to do is decentralized power, right? If we think about the banks, if we think about government, that was the city and tower of Babel, Babel. It was the concentration. It was the centralization of power and influence and, and control essentially, right? And it's like, no, like that's not good. It's not too big to fail. We need to spread out. We need to decentralize. We need to give power back to the people. Um, so much so that we need to confuse the language so that people aren't able to kind of quickly get back to that centralization, right? So then with, when you have the infringement on freedom of speech, what happens? You, you start to self-censor self-censor um, most of the time because that's kind of your way of, of dealing with some of the, the blowback, right? With the, the ideas behind like microaggressions and um, you know, you, you have laws now that you have to use people's preferred gender pronouns. So you, you, you're starting to see this, this move back to a common language, if you want to say it that way, where it's, it's like you can only use certain words and, 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 and those certain words lead to certain ideas and everyone needs to be in alignment. They, they need to agree to that. And it's like, that can only lead to the state. And what we're seeing with social media, as you were mentioning to me, that you're finding out all these companies, tech companies were funded by government subsidies or grants, or what have you. So it's like, no wonder you're starting to see what you're, when it comes to like technology, like the big tech companies, you know, with Apple, they use slave labor with, um, you know, other products, I'm sure, right? It's like, we, we care so much, but yeah, look at what, how we consume products. It's, it's a lot. And I know you were mentioning that, you know, we got to take it one step at a time. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I know it's pretty graphic, but it's a, it's just kind of what we have to deal with. And it's, it's, it's to a point where like, what do we do? Right. We, we see in Genesis that um, Abram left the city, despite the fact that he had wealth, God told him to leave and, and he did. And it's like, I'm kind of waiting for God to tell me that. <laughs> to leave the city? Yeah, you know, I'm waiting. Hmm. Oh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's at that point now where we have to, I mean, obviously, like, we got to pay very close attention to what's happening because tensions are very high. There's anger and resentment and, and pride. And it's, it's getting to a point, I mean, I wrote it down in my, in my journal um, or like my calendar that I forget the exact book now, but it, it deals with, you know, the, the hearts of men, um, their, their love waxes cold or, you know, it goes through like all the different, um, what is it like kind of canaries in the coal mine. It, it goes through all the different things that will happen in terms of like the end of times or, you know, whatever that looks like the end of times, but like just when things are going to get really bad, it shows the character, the character of, of, of men and women that, you know, they'll hate one another, they'll hate their, their neighbors, their parents. And it, it has that whole list. And it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not fiction. It's not, it's here, you know, this book that's been 
around for thousands of years that's looked down upon that's antiquated that needs to be updated or to be thrown aside has shown you know what what will happen what has happened human nature hasn't changed so we're you know that's been kind of the whole i think the whole um movement behind peterson is that like he specific his specific goal his specific aim was to help the individual and i think about that more and more and how much we need that right and it's like the good samaritan how do we help and and you know tend to those who are kind of ostracized from society how do we how do we do all that it's like you know, you go to LA and, and you have critics of Republicans and conservatives and, and orange man bad in the city of LA, but it's like clean your own room, people. You know, well, I, was, I was thinking of like, a, well, I mean, it's not just LA, but you know, San Francisco and New York and Chicago, you, you name it. There's, you know, even in other cities as well. But I was thinking about sharing with you that maybe next year we could do like a, a 12 month campaign we can call it the uh, twelve, um, the twelve rules for life campaign, and every month we go through one of the rules in the book, right? So the first month it's um, stand up straight, st- stand up straight with your shoulders back, and we can, you know, encourage people to send pictures or I don't know, stories of of the of a time that they did that, or you know, people cleaning the room. I know people were doing Peterson was doing that with his social media and whatnot, but I was just thinking about different things like that, how to how to uh, motivate people, you know, to really take ownership, to be self-reliant. Obviously I need to do that myself if I'm going to encourage others, but that's um, sort of where I'm at at the moment with all this. It's like, I, I, I'm, I'm less concerned about government and, and politics in a weird way. And I'm more concerned with, with whom I'm, you know, interacting with. And it's, it's, it's important that we, for, we remember, you know, who, who is in our lives around us, because I think we're, I forgot what I was going to say, but basically it's like, we're putting so much emphasis on, on all that outs, outside of our circle of influence. And of course we're going to feel, as though we can't, you know, like we're like things are spinning out of control because it's not something that we can do anything to control or influence in any way, you know. And we'll see, you know, we're gonna see what's gonna happen. Oh, that was gonna, I was gonna say that my last point. You're familiar with Jocko Willink, right? Mm-hmm. He he uses the word good, <laughs> like when things go wrong or you know whatever the case is. When, Basically, when things go wrong, when, when things don't go the way you plan, he says, good, like opportunity for me to improve or good. Uh, I can I can learn how to deal with whatever, you know, he, he he looks at everything as an opportunity. Right. And he will say, like, good. So I was thinking about that in terms of like everything that's happening right now. And I'm like, OK, good. Like, what what can we do? What can we do to change the situation or, or think about what's what's the positive because 
the verse that says something to the fact that God, um, what is it? God like orchestrates things for the good for those who believe. I'm not using the right words, but you know, you, you're familiar with what I'm talking about, right? Hey, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying, right? You got it, right? <laughs> Gosh, I'm such a, I'm such that person. Uh, yeah. I mean, that I think what you're saying as far as um, whatever happens, it's good. I yeah, think because goes... yeah, Satan, whatever Satan does, God meant for good. Something, right? I'm mixing. I'm mixing two verses. Sorry. Go ahead. No, just that, um, well, that's Genesis 50. And that's, I believe, the interaction that Joseph had with his brothers in regards to being mm-hmm. sold into slavery. There you go, yeah. By the, uh, to the Egyptian merchants, I believe it was. It says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. So... Right, he's he's taking it. Joseph is is making an acknowledgement that whatever his brothers had intended for, because of their wicked hearts, right, because of their jealousy, their envy that they had for the brother, um, with the relationship that his dad had with him, being the youngest, being the son from the wife that he loved, um, playing favorites, so to speak. I, I think it's just uh. It's just part of our life of faith, our life of uh, obedience to the word, obedience to the Holy Spirit, where, like you're saying, whatever happens is good, not because those things are taking place, but because we have a, a hope. We have a, a constant being in our lives that takes every single detail imaginable into consideration. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what's going on on the outside and the external and the physical realm that we can, we can perceive that we can see that we can touch that we can look at. That doesn't really matter because ultimately what matters is, are you, are you paying attention? And not only are you, are you, you're asking yourself, are you paying attention? But are you being faithful to the the work and the calling that God has given you? Hmm. So it doesn't matter if it's like like um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna jump, go, I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna go to uh, Philippians four. There's a verse that many of us are familiar with. Uh, let me see here. I'm going to start with verse verse 4. Philippians 4, verse 4. This is Paul writing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, 
whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Paul, having experienced blessing, having experienced trial and tribulation, arrest, having been stoned to death, uh, he had a full understanding of whatever was possible in life, context-wise, suffering and blessing and, and need. So he, for Paul, he's learned that it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Either way, God's going to give you the strength, the, the resolve, the courage to endure whatever it is that he's called you to, to endure. And, and it's interesting that um, even amongst the, the disciples, right, with Jesus, they, they even had to, I guess, realize or accept that their, their lives, were, they were all going to turn out a little different. And that Jesus was going to call them to different things. And to some, he called, he called them unto martyrdom. And to some, like, well, I guess I should say, like, um, like John, you know, what he had prepared for John was to be, to be in, uh, marooned, so to speak, or, or to be put into the island of, uh, I'm going to botch it because I don't remember off the top of my head. But um, he had it by design that he was going to, to write Book of Revelation, that God was going to give him visions. And, and oh yeah, yeah yeah no i know exactly so, what you're talking about um <clears throat> sorry sorry i don't mean to interrupt well i mean i do because because of you I, I was able to know what you're talking about because uh, dr j verna mcgee just went through that oh may i say to you <laughs> may i say to you my <laughs> beloved um no he says right here what's the name it's in it's in revelation one the island i know you're talking about osmos paul i don't remember off the top of my head it says dear oh write in a book what you see i john your brother yes patamos patmos sorry yeah, I, uh, this is Revelation 1.9. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and 
perseverance which are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what you're referring right. to, correct? So at the end of uh, John, John 21, Jesus is having this final, one of his final conversations with Peter, with him directly, and he says, John 21, 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had, he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And verse 18, most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And then he had spoken this. He said to him, follow me. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following. He also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So yeah, he he's definitely like I said, he he has it in mind. Even even how we are to die, even how we are to depart from this earth, he has that in mind. He's already put that together, so to speak. He already knows. He already understands. You know what's what's going to come about for us as saints and and what the purpose will be and how he's chosen for us to glorify him which i think is just another aspect of his love for us it's just another uh demonstration of his love and, and how like the things that we we stress about that we you know take for granted the things that we don't really want to think about sometimes or or perhaps like we avoid like he has he has all these things in mind for us some of them might be painful or or what have you but either way like he has something in store for us and it's up to us to to faithfully partake in those things or we can you know you do the easy easy way or you can do it the hard way so Mm. going going back to what we were saying earlier about like things are changing and and that's that's good because either way um christ is still working in us you know the holy spirit is still interacting with us and and speaking to us and allowing for us to to experience him in the way that that we need to experience him yeah it's interesting um I've never really thought about it this way because, um, because I it's funny because we were earlier in the Bible study we were talking about this or Eliseo was mentioning this and how how faith is what we hear God telling us. Now, that doesn't mean we will like as it relates to like healing the body because he was we were going through the story, um, obviously where Jesus is growing in popularity and it was a specific part about how i forget how how 
they describe this gentleman, but he couldn't, like he's kind of like a quadriplegic or like he, he couldn't use his limbs or um, I forget exactly the, the description, but essentially they, they brought him in from, from the top of the building, like the roof, because there was a crowd. Through the roof? Yeah, through the roof. <laughs> that's funny. Um, <laughs> through the roof, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I never thought about it. So then he, he says that, you know, your, your sins are forgiven. And people are like, wait, what? Like, what's going on? Like, that, that's blasphemous. But particularly it was the, the Pharisees that were saying this and, and responding in that way. So he says, is it easier to forgive sin or is it easier to say you are healed? Like, there's physical ailments. Right. So then he said, well, then, if you need to believe that I can forgive sin, this is Jesus saying this, then he heals the person and says, go take your bed or something like that, like your, your belongings and go home mm-hmm. to prove like what he says about what he said earlier about forgiveness of sin, that God, the father gave him that power and authority. Right. And the reason why I was, I was mentioning that is that how, yes, we can ask God to heal, right. If we're sick and, um, you know, there's obviously, you know, many people who, who know this intimately, right? That whatever situation we're dealing with, whether it's the virus or cancer or um, heart diseases like heart attacks or strokes, you know, you, you go through the line, there's all these ailments, these physical ailments that we deal with, or it's a disability or, you know, you, you name it. It's, 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 it's reasonable to want to be healed, right? And and yet, people sometimes are are disappointed when when they're praying and you know they're faithful and and yet they are not healed or like their loved one isn't healed and, and sometimes let's say I was mentioning that sometimes people confuse that with a lack of faith that you know the outcome isn't what right. they were hoping it to be. So it's interesting right. when when you're reading um, John was it John? Sorry, I got confused the part where he's telling Peter yeah, about yeah, yeah John 21 yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and how he says follow me right and it's all this I hope it makes sense at the end but when when he says follow me it isn't to say follow me and things will be beautiful and great you're mentioning how the disciples they were all destined for you know either martyrdom or they were going to be let out of prison or you know they all had different things whether what we would, I guess you could say, deem a good outcome and a bad outcome, if you want to see it that way, right? Uh And it's like, yeah, when you follow Jesus, you're ultimately following him to, to, to death, if you think about, if you want to think about it that way. But the, the gospel is to say and, and vocalize out loud that I have sinned and to come to Jesus with that sin because he forgives, he's merciful. So when you follow him, you're going to want to repent from your sins. You're going to want to um, walk in righteousness because you know, and this is, and, and this is obviously not to say that, of course, like let's say someone doesn't believe and they are going to die also, of course, but you're, but you, you were saying that like, we still have a choice to make. 
So is it to follow him or not to follow him? Because I know this is getting confusing, but even despite the fact that if we follow him, we may end up not having the best life or it may be a struggle and, and whatnot, but he still will give us the strength. And as you were mentioning, right, give us the strength to deal with that. As opposed to if you did, if you did not believe and you were not following him, you would lose all faith, all, yeah, all faith. And you would be nihilistic and, and, and want, and you would despise life and you would want to have it end rather that rather than living that way, you can believe in God and have have hope and faith and, and have that peace that suppresses all understanding, even amidst the darkness, amidst the chaos, amidst the pain and suffering, which there are plenty of stories that show that, right? You were mentioning Joseph. He, he knew, stay faithful, and he did. And yet, you know, things were going wrong, but they ended up turning out for good, as, you know, you read that verse. And it's like the same thing with Job. You know, he everything was great. And then, you know, he had family and wealth and all that was taken away. And ultimately, at the end, he, he knew that all that, in a sense, didn't matter. He knew that his, his dedication to God was what was of most importance, you know. I hope I made it through that cleanly as, as I could, because I was thinking. Well, as yeah. I was well, that's, I think that's the, that's the decision that everybody needs to make. Mm-hmm. As far as it depends on um, our interaction with God. So our prayer to God is for our family member to be healed. For example, what's, which part of this interaction is greater the miracle itself having received the the blessing the miracle or is it jesus himself Mm. your your relationship with jesus your you living a, a life of faith because as we can see with the interaction that he had with the 10 lepers for so to speak yeah 10 lepers um for example should say he healed them and his instructions were go to the temple so the priests can examine you and declare you healed and and to declare you clean so that now your status your your you know your family dynamics your employment all of that whatever position you had all of that was going to be restored in the legal sense because in the context of, of leprosy in the, the Bible, they had to be removed from their families, from their, their regular life. And they could no longer partake in that life until they were healed. And in order to get all that restored, the priest had to declare you clean. Hmm. So, so for the 10, you know, again, Jesus healed them and, and, and he said, go ahead, go to the, go to the the priests so that they can declare you clean. And then it says that one of, one of the 10 was on his way. He was convicted. He, you know, he turned around and left was convicted and he came back and, and he came to glorify God to, to thank Jesus, to, 
to show his his gratefulness and and partake of of the interaction with Jesus in that way of having thanksgiving and so Jesus saw this and and he said were there not 10 where are the other 9 and it's crazy to think like with that interaction that Jesus declared this man not just healed physically not just being given that same uh position or or life back but he also declared him healed spiritually because this man was able to look past his his own physical needs and see the the you know he he became alive spiritually speaking so so in that sense right like this man realized that it wasn't the miracle of, of having received healing from leprosy, that wasn't the miracle. The miracle was interacting with the son of God. You know, the son of God was what, what was, is what was special about that moment. Mm. And it, and it's the same, you know, it's the same for us where what exactly is more important? Is it our, our, our status in life, our status symbols, our our positions, our you know, whatever, whatever you know is external. I guess even well, I'm thinking about it, even internally, right? Our own ego, our own pride, our own feelings, our own you know self worth or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, is that is that going to be more important if if it all comes down to you know? having to choose is all that going to be more important than being being able to interact with god almighty the creator of the universe so you know in all of us that's something that we have to really take into consideration and and as far as like the whole idea of god healing healing us or, or being able to ask for an extension of life i mean that was that was pretty much the rub be- for between uh, King Hezekiah, you know, and and his son, where God told King Hezekiah, like your time's up, it time's up, and it's time to prepare. You know, he he served a good life, a good he was a good king for for you know the years that God had had allowed him, and and God he and he served you know honorably and faithfully, and God was saying, yeah, your time's up, and it's time to call you home and for whatever reason the story goes uh king hezekiah just his prayer was for god to extend his life i believe he gave him another 15 years if i'm not mistaken um but he couldn't for whatever reason he couldn't accept what god was telling him he wanted he wanted more so you can you know chalk that up to to greed or or selfishness whatever but it, because of those extra years of life that God had granted him, King Hezekiah fathered probably the worst king of Judah, a, a king that was wicked, a son, right, came out, and it was one of was one of the more wicked kings of Judah, and and he 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 brought the people of Judah into further idolatry, further sin, he drew them further away from the things of God. Hmm. 
So, you know, it, it's kind of one of, it goes back to one of those things of like, be careful what you wish for, you know? Mm, yeah. Like, you know, God is, God is merciful and, 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 and he himself is meek to the point where it's like, all right, you, you, you asked hard enough, you prayed hard enough or whatever, however people want to want to attribute that, you know, but I mean, it's not a, a growing up in church. That's not a, a, a rare occurrence or rare story where, you know, there's a family in need or there's a person in need and, and they're praying for healing within their family or what have you. And then the, the, the healing occurs and then that's the last you hear from them. Like oh. it's, it's not, it's not a rare occurrence, I guess, for those that are familiar with the church and how sometimes that does, it does happen. So yeah, again, like that's that's just because our hearts aren't always in the right place. While it's honorable that the faith is there, the belief, the believing in God is there, that God is merciful, that God is willing to 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 restore us in that sense, the physical sense. Um, he hears our prayers, you know. And for whatever reason, yeah, yeah, for whatever reason, it, it's it's given to people at a, a certain time and a certain place, but would rather we're you know we're as people we're always looking at the outside we're always looking at the outward appearance and what's going on to guide our to guide our compass to guide our perspective our life whereas god's always looking at the heart like he told samuel when, when he told him to go and and anoint one of jesse's sons who was going to be the next king to following saul and uh yeah, I mean that's that's basically it. Like, are we are we concerned with the things that are that are in God's heart and mind, or are we not? You know, and and, and speaking as far as like faith is concerned, it's like for the most part, it's gonna, it's going to be the things that are in front of you or that will be in front of you that God is having you work at or contend with or to it, you know to address, you know, like, like you being a, a, a new father, so to speak, right? Like there are certain responsibilities that it entails, you know, certain requirements that God has called you to at this time, you know, in this season, so to speak. Whereas, you know, for myself, you know, I don't have that responsibility right now. I don't have that same calling. I don't have that same um, position in life, you know, in this season. I'm in a different season of of um, supporting my wife and, and her family and mainly my father-in-law, you know, being that now he's a widower, you know, like that's something that's a totally different it's a different need. It's a different responsibility. It's different application of God still working in us and through us and calling us to, to different, different uh, aspects of life. You know, so it's, it's, it's really hard to just, to just think like, Oh, well, it's, you know, faith is a one size fits all type of deal. And, you know, what I'm doing in, at this point in my life is what everyone else should be doing because God showed me this or God told me this or, you know, I dreamt this or I saw that or you know, this is what I read in the scripture and I felt a certain way. 
And it's like, God's way bigger. You know, he's way bigger than that. He has, he loves us so much that he's taken, like I said, he's taken all these things on under consideration and, and he's giving us the opportunity through these, these, these uh, seasons, through these positions, through these um, different responsibilities. He's giving us an inside look, so to speak of himself. You know, it's not, I mean, yeah, you could say it that way. It's for us to learn and grow and what have you, but really what he's doing is he's allowing us insight into himself, insight into who he is, what he's about, how he wants us to know him. And, and, you know, with that, we're, we're, we're given that blessing. We're given that perspective so that we might also be a blessing to others, you know, whether through our, our, our actions, whether through our words, whether through our experience or what have you, but you know, that's something that, like I said, that's something that God has, has already taken into consideration and he's called us and he's appointed us to, to those things. So it's, it's definitely interesting, right? That, like I said, like God loves us so much that even unto life, you know, even unto to, from life to death, even those things he's taken into consideration, how that will unfold and how that will look in our own lives. So I hope that, uh, that kind of goes a lot, goes along with what you were, you were mentioning. I think so. I think it does. No, I hopefully <laughs> it has to, you know, I think, I don't think we're that off. No. It's it's so funny because well it's not funny but it's I guess it's just a long way of saying like look people it doesn't matter what's going on in the in the world it's gonna happen it's supposed to happen it might not look how you want it to look but if you're living by faith again like don't be don't be it doesn't matter don't be scared like God's not giving us a spirit of fear mm. you know so. That's, you know, it's something that, like you said, like he's already prepared. Yeah, it's, 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 it says, the psalm says that though we walk in the shadow of valley of death, I fear no evil. Amen. I fear no evil. Mm-hmm. I fear no evil because it's not, it's not the evil itself. It's the fear of it. Because I know that Eliseo was mentioning that earlier, that, that people aren't, um, it's not the virus. It's the fear of getting the virus. It's the fear of getting the virus and dying. Because, yeah, because without a virus, we, we would never die. You know, we can live forever, we never, finally. We would never have to die. I mean... It's, it's, it's so... And that's, yeah. and that's something that you, that you and I have talked about, right? As far as, like, I think the reason why people are freaking out is because we don't have a proper perspective of life and death. We don't have a, mm-hmm. a healthy respect of, of life and death and that, that this is very real. And I, and I, you know, talking to my wife yesterday about like, even like the, the process of the burial, how like in the West we're so detached from what actually goes on and what happens because in, in the rest of the world, you know, for the most part, the family is very much part of the process. You know, some cultures have a, a tradition of, you know, for example, like the burial, like it's the young men that are the, you know, the sons, the 
the nephews, what have you, the friends of the person that dies, like they're the ones that um, they they dig up the burial plot and they're also the ones involved with, you know, putting it back together and putting the dirt back into the, you know, into the plot. So like, I know this is, that's just one example, but it's like, yeah, like we're so removed from what is actually going on because, you know, in these traditions, like it's still very much part of the family's responsibility, so to speak. You know, and then they're there, they're there the whole time. They're 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 part of the completion of what needs to get done. Anyways, I, I'm sorry, I know I cut you off, but no, yeah, it's it's. I know we we need to talk about that at some point. At some point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it more, but I think for me, it's it's. You know, after experiencing so many deaths year after year for five some like seven years it's like in a weird way you become accustomed to death but yeah obviously you know that at some point it's going to end and i haven't done it recently but there there were there have been times where i would like really like think about it like the, the the idea of like my finale my my me no longer existing and it always gives me this weird like vibe or feeling, you know, I can, I can sense it. Like, it's like, I, what does that, what does that mean? What is that? I just, it, it's so, it's so hard to like grasp, but it's, it's the reality of it. It's real. It's not, you know, it, it's, it's something that we cannot see, but yet it's so real. Right. You know, thinking about um, the idea of like the, the, faith and the unseen right just how real that is it's it's in many senses more real and i think the virus has shown us that people do believe in the unseen world very much so much so that they're willing to do whatever it takes to prevent that unseen reality from you know harming them or their family members they're willing to take an unproven sketchy vaccine <laughs> for a virus that has a survival rate of 99.99944 or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. That's how, that's, that's how, that's how powerful this whole thing is. And as far as like, this is hurting more of our mental fragilities more than anything else. Mm-hmm. A concept of life and death, our our unacceptance of life and death. Like I said, I think for me, what I what I learned within the past year is like, and seeing it from my own family and and others and close friends and what have you is that yeah, like we just don't have a proper respect, proper perspective of life and death. Where, you know, if we did, um, we wouldn't see these reactions to this pandemic. We wouldn't feel as though like some way somehow we're supposed to be exempt you know from death and and that's not that's not even a a thing that you know god has has put together established for even even the saints even the believers i mean that's something that like you said like yeah maybe we'll explore it 
in the future. But um, yeah, I really do do think that within Christianity, within faith, we were saying earlier, God calling us to certain things. There is um, there's an aspect that we're not always aware of as far as death is concerned and and by that, by that I mean it's that like even in death like it's it's a matter of uh, it's a matter of, of us also partaking in the things that Jesus part you know partook of life and death he died and and it says it says that he died so that we might live. Hmm. So I kind of see it like, too, I kind of see it like, well, he's giving us an example of how to live and how to die, like, with honor, how to do it with, not that fear is removed, obviously, but with courage, with an understanding that we have a promise. He had a promise. God gave him a promise that he would rise in three days. And it's... It's the same thing for us that there is a there is a sense of glory even in in death, and that he's promised us the resurrection. You know, so there's even even when it's all said and done and over with in the physical sense, like he's still he's still giving us a promise, a hope, a peace that not everybody is in tune with not everybody is is can grasp or can accept or you know perhaps they don't have ears to hear eyes to see and and really like you know that i know that doesn't that doesn't make it less less difficult you know losing a loved one certainly not um i just think again like what is the focus? Is the focus your feelings, your hardship, your perspective? You um, not wanting to endure suffering, and you just hope beyond hope. You hope for that miracle, or again, is it Christ? Is it your relationship with the Lord? Is it the words that He's that He's already said? Is it His promises? Are those things more, more important? Are they greater than, than our, than our fears, than our, um, again, like our own perspective? Because, again, like he's gonna, he's gonna, kind of declare within scripture, right? He has not given us a, a spirit of fear, but but of power, of love, and of a sound mind, so that when we are in fear. And when we do feel weak, when we do feel tired, we have the confidence that and understanding that, you know, these these things have a source, these ideas, these thoughts, these imaginations, these feelings. Not that they're invalid, but again, it, it, going into the perspective of, of having the love of God in our lives, his grace, his mercy, his example. You know, all of that, all of that <laughs> plays a role with, you know, going back to faith, all of that plays a, uh, a part in this whole process that we call and you know, refer to 
as the our walk or our journey, our process of life, process of faith. So, yeah, I think that'll be a fun, fun conversation. Actually, yeah, I, I want to um, dive a little bit into um, what you said or what is said that, you know, he, th- he died so that we may live, right? And that he came to give us life more abundantly. It's so, mm-hmm. it's so interesting because everyone, you know, there's, there's, there are people of the opinion that we should have, or we couldn't have done this at some point sometime last year, we could have shifted and said, anyone who is at risk of, you know, potentially dying from COVID, whether, you know, um, they have, you know, obviously age is the biggest, the biggest factor, but also any other health, um, was it not comorbidities, but, um, you know, they have heart disease or, you know, whatever it is, right. You know, you protect them, but you allow the healthy, younger, uh, folks to go out and work. And it's, it became the opposite. We, we wanted to protect those who were most at risk to die so much that we were willing to harm those who were willing to, I mean, you could say it, you could say it that they had the most ability to live in a sense. Yeah. I'm trying to connect it and it sounds a little fuzzy right now, but no, no, we, let's explore that. Yeah. Because um, what is, in, a, in the context of scripture, right, it's going to say, I should probably look it up, but it, it, and I know you're familiar with it. I know other Christians would be familiar with it too, where it says, he who tries to, to, to save his life will lose it. Mm. So yes. from that perspective, it's like either either way if you're trying to save your own skin guess what eventually you're gonna die there's no if ands or buts about it like it's gonna happen no matter what like there's no stopping that like that's just a reality like that's just gonna oh here we go sorry it's so it says here in luke 9 24 for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it Whoever loses it, but but whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. I know there's other versions of that, but yeah. And so, Matthew is whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Yeah. So right. So I mean, there's so many different ways to break that down, obviously. Um, but first and foremost, right? Like we could just look at it as like, like. I, I'm going to botch it, but I'm, I'm thinking, I'm hoping maybe you are more familiar with, with Peterson, where he says uh, in one of his lectures, he's talking about, do you really want a safe space? Hmm. He's like, do you really, do you really want to live a life where, where you're so paralyzed by fear that you turn into like, you know, you turn, you turn into almost like, with animalistic tendencies where your number one priority is survival. Like that's, that's your, that's your end game. That's your, your end goal in life is that it's always survival. 
you know, his argument saying like, that's no way to live. Mm-hmm. You know, not that we, we shouldn't take that into consideration, not that that isn't an, an aspect of our lives, you know, just the, the basic, our basic needs, right? Our, our food and shelter and warmth and water and, you know, clothing. Um, yeah, like, like part of it is we're, we're trying to make provision easier than, than what it, what it could be, you know, but at the same time, it's like, is that really living or is that just surviving? You know, because surviving, while it might be uh, beneficial, it's not always honorable, right? It's not always like meaningful. Um, now I'm going to jump or shift gears a little bit here. Uh, have you seen the Titanic, the movie? Yeah. Oh, yes. All right. Remember how, like, how, uh, uh, what's his name? Jack? Well, the not Jack, the oh, the, 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 the fiance. Yeah, yeah. Boyfriend, yeah. Billy uh, Billy Zane is his is his real name, the actor's name. But like how like how much of a like skeeving, conniving, like like just cheater he was in order to <laughs> in order to get on one of the life rafts. Like he was so like corrupted in his sense of like honor, sense of being that he was going to do whatever it takes to be able to survive the, the ship going down. It wasn't his, the love for his fiance or, you know, looking out for her and like, you know, it was just, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I guess I'm kind of like adding a little bit more flavor to the story, but he literally like took away someone's kid and said, I have a child with me. Let me get, let me on the lifeboat. You know, it was it was that he cared about the kid. It wasn't that he was looking out for the child. Like he he was trying to play it off like this is my child. I'm the father, and you know that this is the only uh, way that this person's gonna you know this child's gonna live is is I you know that's why I'm living too is to take care of this child. You know, it's all very scheming and and deceitful, and like again because this guy had no no honor. He had no like real sense of meaning or truth in his life that, and I know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of expanding a little bit, but just to kind of make a point that, you know, survival doesn't always give us meaning. It doesn't always bring us to life. Like Jesus is saying that life that's more abundant, you know, like, is it really worth it to live, live on earth for a hundred years where, you know, you lived a shallow life and a life that wasn't in living in truth, that wasn't abiding in, in love and it wasn't, you know, a life of, of courage or a life of of strength or and I, and I know like that's going to go into other ideas too, right? Like we, we've discussed like like Ayn Rand and, and her discussing how like her idea of um, altruism is evil in her mind, in her assessment of life and how she's like, that's, that's, and it's in a sense, she's right because she's saying like, what she's saying is like, look, not everybody's cut out for that. That sense of, of morality or that sense of like giving and, and it's true because wouldn't life itself kind of fall apart if everybody turned into mother Teresa Right. We we would still need 
people that are engineers, we would still need people that are doctors, people that are farmers, people that, you know, what have you, like all these, <laughs> that, that doesn't, I mean, it's good. It's good to look after your neighbor. It's good to love your neighbor. But at the same time, again, going back to what I was saying about God gives us a, uh, seasons in life and different roles in life. Like we still need to be honorable to, to the things that God has given us to do. And so, you know, you could be as, as, and that's one of the things about faith, right? It's like, you could actually, you could, you could try and store up, you know, get your gifts and, and your good, your good works and talents. You could, you could try and do that. And you're still living a life of disobedience. You know, mm -hmm. like, like it says in, in Matthew, where Jesus is separating the sheep and the goats and, and how, there are going to be those in that day where they're going to say, Lord, but we cast out demons in your name and we prophesied and we performed these miracles and we did X, Y, and Z. And he's going to say, depart from me. I know you not. And, you know, it's, it, there it's saying like, look, good works unto being done unto good works. Like we think like, well, I'm good if I just do this. Mm -hmm. The reality of the situation is, is it good because you think it's good or is it good because that's what God has called you to do? You know, is, is like Jesus says, like, I'm not good. The father is good. Even he's going to say that. He's like, no, I'm not. There's nothing, you know, about me. That's, that's glorious. It's grand. That's, you know, he's going he's to always point towards the father, always point towards giving him the honor and the glory. And it's the same it was the same for us. Like, like, yeah, you, you know, it's not that good works aren't bad. It's not that they're what we shouldn't, you know, it's not that we shouldn't be striving for those things. But at the same time, it's like going back to, you know, what, what the Bible says, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, it's the obedience part that we always seem to forget. We, we never want to put that into consideration. Anyways, I, I kind of went off tangent a bit. Um, I do apologize if I may, if I may say to you. <laughs> if I may say to you, sir. If I may say. We will sometimes get off the beaten path, given that we always come to a crossroads at some point. Oh, is that is that it? Hello. That was <laughs> quite smooth. Yeah. No, yeah, but... Um, I already lost my train of thought. <laughs> it went on to tangents. Well, I, I it think, happens sometimes. Yeah, I think that the the obedience, right? It's it's something that that I think people for 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 whatever reason I I would I, I would like to say do not necessarily associate with like discipline, right? Ooh, that's a good that's a good one. So, you know, being a new Faja. Um, Faja. Fabder, Fabder, Fabder. Um, you got the reference, right? Yes. I'm glad. So, given that I'm a new Faja, I, I, I and I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've discussed this with, with the, um, with the rib and whatnot, that it's better to to discipline your child than it is to punish 
Mm. So another way to say that is our, we would hope to train essentially our child, as it says in scripture, right? Train, train your child in the ways of, um, I don't want to botch it because it's important. Um, you know, which one. I, Eliseo uses it for his. Or train up a child in the ways that they should go. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Um, so the, so it, it's it's that discipline, it's that obedience to, to the authority of essentially, right, ultimately God, right. So, it's all po- it's all supposed to be pointing towards God. The point isn't like, hey, stealing's bad just because it's bad, because that's you know that's somebody's property, that's somebody's you know hard harder in living. It's like no, it's. It's not just that's not where it ends. Mm-hmm. It's important because by by loving your neighbor, respecting them to the point where you you don't want to take advantage of them. And the reason why you don't want to take advantage of them is because God has called you to love your neighbor. And that when when you love your neighbor, it's a reflection of you loving God. And so no matter the the context, no matter the point of it all. God is always the center figure for what we do, for how we act, for how we behave. Right. So now if, if you do steal, you are not obeying God's commandments. Then what will happen is you will be essentially punished. This, you you will no longer, um, I look at it as, as it's better to discipline your child than it is to punish your child. But in order to not punish your child, you must discipline. Right. You must set you must set them on the right path. So it's it's not that stealing is just bad, but it's it's immoral. It's against God's commandments. It's not loving your neighbors. Everything we're saying, mm-hmm. and once you break that then you will be punished. But in order for us to know and be disciplined in those um, commandments, we mustn't come to know those commandments and, and be taught and trained. So then, right. so then we know exactly what is right and what is wrong, what is moral and immoral, what is good and what is evil. Right. Oh, so I think that that path of righteousness is ultimately a path of like discipline to to continue to walk right continue to walk with god it's it's it takes uh the greatest discipline ever if times get tough if you're if you're dealt with if you if you're presented with temptations if you know, you write with the Psalms, there's the, the grass, the, the unrighteous is like the grass that will, um, what is it? I forget now. You know, we see people who are doing wrong and they somehow are, you know, progressing in life. They're being, they, they become successful, but we, we don't see when that all unravels for them at some point, right? When it comes crashing down. When it comes crashing down. But yet, you know, we're here being obedient. We're, we're staying disciplined 
and and yet we don't see the the fruits of our labor yet but god will um gosh i wish i would know the verse now but god will essentially um bear that fruit for you in in due season or due time Um, right right so that's that's kind of the idea of like what i what i see as obedience is in order to live a life of obedience we must develop discipline right and then that's what the whole discipline um or the the disciplines the spiritual disciplines right when it comes to solitude and meditation and prayer and fasting like these are these are necessary for us to live in complete obedience without that developing these disciplines well then we'll 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 we will, of course, stumble and fail, but that would make it much easier to succeed. Yeah. Which is no different than us as parents, right? That's the whole, that's the whole point of it is that God is the father and, and is disciplining us to live in obedience to him. So we as parents must do the same to our, for our children so that then when they come in, hopefully they come into relationship with God, then it, it will be no different. It won't, it won't be, let's say, uh, much more painful than it has to be. If you want to say that It won't be foreign way. to them. Um, yeah, it won't be foreign. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, that's, that's a big piece. Yeah, and that's where a lot of us Christians, we get kind of, caught in the weeds a bit as far as like understanding holiness because whole we think holiness is this very super spiritual act or an act of like um gosh what's the word uh, uh i don't know the word it's, i'm i'm blank here drawing blanks here uh we think it's very um cliche not pious, but what's the like? What's the word for like people that are that delve into a lot of miracles and like supernatural and I think it's very superstitious. Uh, no, pious, zealous, but like very like grandiose, like spirituality. Flamboyant. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, where it's like supernatural. Like what's another term for like metaphysical? It's kind of in relation to like to like uh, charismatic, like the charismatic movement. Mm-hmm. Um, oh shoot! <laughs> this is not good for a podcast. <laughs> Come on, you're making us look bad. Anyways, <laughs> I know making it look bad. No, but the, we think like. Holiness is something that's very, very difficult to to obtain. Like, like you're saying, like, oh well, it's only if you you're completely dedicated and you pray for three hours a day and like you abstain from all these different things and like you know it's oh it's a it's a certain way certain lifestyle certain and it's like in reality like holiness all it is all it's saying is that we have to live a life of distinction. Mm. you know so like making it clear like hey in this in this aspect of your life like you're set apart you're you're like you said dedicated disciplined in this area of life that 
not very many take into consideration or perhaps they might take for granted. But the things that, like I said, going back to the things that God has called us to, this is where like, like conviction kind of comes into play for people. Where it's like, what has God said to you, called you to, shown you about yourself that this is your area of, for example, this is your area of weakness, or this is your area where that you need to work on, you know, in your own life, your own walk. And like that area, you need to be more cognizant of, you need to be more aware of, you need to be more like dedicated to, to understanding like, Hey, in this area of your life, like I'm speaking to you, God's saying, I'm speaking to you. I'm trying to show you where, where you're at and what this means and what this can do for you or can't do for you or, you know, and, and, and so we kind of like, we kind of lose grasp of that sometimes. And, And like you're saying about like you raising your child, like, like, yeah, like there has to come a point in time where, where it's like, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we partake of this? And and you have to make it clear, like, well, it's because we, as a as as a as a family that's following following God, following His Word, we we are called to be obedient to these things, to these ideas that whether you know whether it's a um, a safeguard, whether it's boundaries, whether you know whatever right like you're making it you're making that distinction of like why it is that we do this or that or we believe this and why we don't partake of that or what have you it's because again like you're talking about like discipline like yeah it's a form i think what i'm saying is like there's discipline and holiness can go hand in hand Mm, yeah i see that yeah Otherwise, you you would you wouldn't be able to essentially cross that cross over, right? You'll you'll be stuck. You won't you won't move into the holy land, the, the promised land, rather. Right, and it's how do you call it? And it's all the the, the again the framework or the context and all that is is God's love. Right. So like there's a reason why we have boundaries, why we have these parameters, these safeguards that that we know if, if those things are lacking or if those things are not being honored or given its proper place in life, that we run the, the risk, we run the danger of being susceptible to those to those weak points or to those things that might derail us or might confuse us or might distort the truth you know, the truth that God has already spoken or shown us or what have you. And again, this is going back to like the whole idea of a life of faith that he's going to call, he's going to call us to different things, to different, to address different things in our lives, to different people in our lives. And, and it's a matter of always speaking truth and love. And from what we're seeing, right. That's, that's one of the biggest like needs that's where that's one of the biggest things that are lacking right now in in what we're seeing in society is that like we're not 
we're we're just angry. We're not being honest with each other or with ourselves. Hmm. Yeah. Way to bring it full circle there, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. I did that. That was that was beautifully beautifully done. I will I, say, I, I apologize. I, I apologize. That's a good one. I like that actually. But that was that was a uh, sorry. I misquoted. It's apologize. That that was an Alec Baldwin uh, mockery of Trump. Oh so, my god! Instead of I apologize, it's I apologize. Apologize. Well, you know, hey, I mean, you're 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 concretely bringing it full circle, even with that beautiful little reference and, there, and, cultural and, reference. And not just a cultural reference, but look at the the current the current uh, context for Alec Baldwin right now with his wife. Oh, what's going on? You haven't read up on anything that's well, speaking of looking looking in the inner self or within instead of focusing on other people's faults. Um, you know, like I was I mentioned with the group the group text. I said, imagine how how much um, smoother things would go or how, how things would like de-escalate if everybody looked at themselves and, and questioned themselves and looked within instead of pointing the finger. How, um, so the story goes that Alec Baldwin's wife, his current wife, I don't know if it's like wife number two or three or whatever, <laughs> but uh, as, as they are, they're won't in, uh, in uh, Hollywood. Anyway, in uh, celebrity life. Uh, so his current wife, as it turns out, she had been portraying herself as a Spanish immigrant. So she has like this name. I, I think it's, oh shoot. I already forgot her last name. Va- Valerina or Valeria, something. It's, it's Anyway, she's a Spanish name, right? So this whole time that they've been married, and that she's been she she's been she's like a, some like fitness instructor I think. So anyways, her whole like portrayal of herself has been that she's from a Spanish family that she grew up in Spain and she studied in Spain and like she has an accent and all this right. And it turns out like she's from Boston. Wow, she's from a wealthy family in Boston and like. They have their roots all the way back to 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 1776 and the the founding of the country. Like that's how far back her family goes. And so, like, <laughs> that's just to say, right? Like, like, why are we focused on everyone else's issues or problems or what have you? Where it's like we ourselves, like, we need to live a life of authenticity. Uh, truth and being genuine and how we're saying earlier about our interactions online how that's not always the case but yeah i thought that was interesting going again going back full circle and things that we're even saying how like oh no like alec baldwin was pretending to be donald trump this whole you know these past four years his, his portrayal was of somebody else when you know portraying your own self and in, in his own family has been an issue. Seriously. Yeah, a lot of practice. I guess, or I don't know, you know, it, it's something about forgiveness and uh, healing, I guess. Sounds, sounds like good stuff. <laughs> 
Well, I have to say, sir, if there is any way to end an episode, I think that's one way to end it. May I say to you, I think that is a way to end a, a podcast episode show. Because that was that was beautifully orchestrated, I would, ha- I would have to say. I mean, I whether, hope. Whether intentionally or not, it was orchestrated. I mean, 40 shows in, you would think, right? Like, we have some kind of a grasp on this whole thing. 40 shows, sir. 40 well, that's for shows. other people to say. Even, you know, the whole, you know. 40, the, 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 the numerology of uh, scripture means judgment. You know, that's for someone else to say, not us. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, boy, we're there now. Oh, no, we're going to get judged. Well, let's see. I don't even know how they're going to find out. Or like judge how, bad? How we'll find out they're judging judge, us. Judge bad? Judge no good. Is, is good? Pack the courts of judges. Anyway, so... Uh-oh. <laughs> Um, well, listen, Lee, I appreciate you, appreciate your mind, your time, and, um, thank you to everyone who, who listens. Thank you, mom. Um, and you know what? It's, it's January 10th in the year 2021. We'll talk to the use later. We will absolutely. And, um, We'll see where we meet at the at, at the next crossroads. Orale, Holmes. Fierro. Oh man, that was good. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, you have a good night, sir. And um, we'll we'll have to go to the the shooting range soon. I'll be getting my pew pew device soon. What?